Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of In No Hurry. I am your host, Cole Douglas Claiborne. Happy to be back with you guys again this week for another episode. The awesome music that you're hearing, as always, is from my good friend Ryan Allwart. Definitely recommend that you go check him out on Spotify if you have not listened to him. He is awesome, and I'm so grateful that we are able to use this music each week for the show. The conversation this week is one of those conversations where I feel like we got to just have some real talk. And it's my good buddy, Rashawn Copeland, who is my guest this week. And he's got a book coming out tomorrow, September 1st, called Start Where You Are. And this book, I think, is going to reach so many people because the mission behind it and the idea behind it is just so simple. And it's basically that it does not matter where you are in life right now. It does not matter what you have done, who you have become, anything like that. You are not unworthy of God's grace. And I just love his heart behind it because it's basically what his story is. And he tells his story in this conversation and obviously his book as well. But it doesn't matter if you have been addicted to drugs or pornography or you've done all sorts of bad things in your life. Whatever the case is, you can start where you are right now and God is there waiting for you. And so I just love this conversation. I hope you guys will grab this book, especially after hearing this conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy this. I know that I'm excited to share this with you. And I just truly believe that his book is really going to reach and bless so many people. So here's my conversation with Rashawn Copeland. Well, Rashawn Copeland, man, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. How you doing, man? Man, Cole, I'm pumped to be on your show, bro. Super excited about, you know, what God's doing in, in and through your life. And I look forward to connecting much more. We had just a fun time connecting before we recorded. So I, I love it, bro. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you've obviously got a new book coming out in September, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But I think obviously your life story has played into how you, how that book came to be. You were talking to me before we recorded about how you wish somebody would have had that kind of a book for you when you were in high school or younger, you know, and that kind of thing. So walk me through, I mean, just kind of, you know, dating back, uh, I guess into high school, uh, you know, early twenties, you know, what did your life look like compared to what it is now, you know, compared to obviously you're, you're following Jesus now. And, uh, when you were in high school playing football, wasn't so much the case. So, I mean, kind of walk me through, you know, what your life was like then versus now and how, how God has worked in your life. Awesome. Awesome, bro. So I would say, yeah, if we rewind back through the corridors of uh, history, I was a miserable young man uh, because I would call myself these days, if I look back there, I was a young hedonist. I mean, I just did everything to satisfy myself. You know, everything was about my own passions I was a very self-centered, narcissistic, young, young guy because I was so, you know, quote unquote popular because of my athletic talents. I would, all I would hear was like, Rashawn this, Rashawn that, I would get puffed up. And at the end of the day, that really led to a place where uh, God had to humble me in, in a way I've never, you know, experienced up into, uh, you know, the point I was shot and gunned down uh, as a senior in high school. However, Man, there was so much leading up to that point. Like I started off um, when I was in the, se- I think it was fourth or seventh grade. I can't remember uh, clearly, but a teacher told me to never pick up a pen and write again. And I know you're a writer, bro. Yeah. And, you know, that's sort of, at that point, I was like, what? Like my heart was really hard. Uh, one towards, 
you know, school and also, you know, the thing that I was passionate about as a young, youngin was, you know, writing poetry and writing mm -hmm. little raps because I would hear rappers all the time and things like that. So I remember at that point, I was just like, okay, I know I'm a good athlete. So I'm about to work, 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 work real hard at sports. And I began to get really, you know, good at it. And I was a standout. But needless to say, it sort of led me down this rabbit hole of, uh, you know, wanting more because I realized that no matter how many touchdowns I scored, no matter, no matter how many applause I got from people, teachers, friends, you know, and even people envying me, you know, uh, no matter what it looked like, I still had this gaping void. It was a void in my heart. And yeah. I noticed, you know, the girl couldn't feel it. She didn't do it either that I was dating. So I went off and ran off to another girl. And this would prove to be fatal. I, w I went to this girl, unbeknown to me, had an ex-boyfriend who lived in Chicago. Mm. Uh, and he found out that I began dating her. And this is right before I was about to sign my national letter of intent. Uh, to sign to University of Nebraska with Coach Hall Callahan. And they were doing really good as a program at that point. But uh, the night I was before, uh, I was going to sign that, a uh, night before I was going to sign that, I was hanging out with this young lady. And, you know, we get this phone call. Brr, brr, and then unknown to me, you know, as I answered, it was her ex-boyfriend. But he, the way he talked to me, he was like, why are you with my girl? Why are you with my girl? <laughs> I was like, with your girl, this is my girl. Like he was approaching it like it was still his girlfriend. I was like, no, man, what? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, bro, you know, we began to go out at, at it. You know, it was like a cat or dog, I, I guess a dog fight since I was prideful. But I told the guy, uh, I told him where I was. And that was not a wise thing to do. Uh, needless to say, I get started playing this 50 cent rap music and um, I hung up the phone, I gave it back to her, and then we just started talking again. And needless to say, a, a van peels in, and uh, about 20 feet away from us, five guys jump out of the van. And I ain't talking about burgers. Yeah. I say, I say that often. I don't know if y'all got five guys burgers. Yeah. But uh, they're walking towards us. So I pridefully get out the car, yet fearfully, and I say, hey, just sit here, sit here. And I'm scared out of my mind at this point because, you know, it's five dudes. I'm about to try to fight on my own. But it was the spur of the moment I had to because I come back down. You know, that was not wise. But as I'm walking towards them, they're walking towards me. One of the guys pulls out a pistol, a gun out of his waistband. And that was her ex-boyfriend. I turn and I run. I slipped and I fall. And he stood over me. Boom. Boom. Two gunshots. And they ran back to the and the guy ran back to the van. I'm scared out of my mind. I just had, you know, thought like, man, I'm about to lose my life. So I was out of scared out of my mind, bro. And I ran back to the car. I dove at the left side of the passenger door and I look up and the girl was gone. The door was swung open. She was gone and it was pitch black. No one else was around. I hear the van pill out. I'm scared that, you know, they're going to come off, finish me off. But needless to say, because I was so like um, nervous and scared, I didn't realize I was shot yet to that point because I just couldn't feel it because of the adrenaline. But I felt all this cold air, you know, just swarming around me. It was a windy night. And then I felt this warm blood dripping up my shirt as I'm laying on the ground and the cement was cold around me. And I, you can definitely tell the difference between your blood and the cement at that point. And I was just like... 
I was I was done, bro. Because at that point, I didn't want to die. Because I knew I heard the you know voices of those fire brimstone preachers saying as I grew up, you know one you know those who are sinners will go into lake of fire and things like that and yeah. i used to hear baptist preachers and <laughs> and things like that but i didn't really listen to them but i was on the verge of death and it became real to me yes i knew of this loving omnipotent omniscient god who was all knowing and seeing and infinite and wisdom and knowledge and understanding but i totally lost sight that he was a holy god my whole life yeah. and that he's a judge as well and i was like wow and i was scared so i did like david did in the book of psalms 40 I, he cried out to the lord he cried out to the lord and the bible says he heard his cry uh he, he, he met him in his mud in the mud and mire and i felt like god did that same thing for me that night you know as i was questioning my life and why was i here and why did this happen to me did i ever live when I'm on the verge of, you know, death, did I ever live? Like I lived, but I live, quote unquote, but I live for, you know, my coaches. I live for my dad. I live mm -hmm. my, for my friends. I live for everybody else except for God, except for yeah. him. And this loving father who really cared for me. And needless to say, he brought a guy who I would call an angel 20 minutes later as I was about to, I was literally about to die. I was supposed to die that night, but wow. by the grace of God, he got me to the hospital and the nurses and docs took care of me at that point. But yeah, it was a wrestle though, bro. So that was the beginning of like, wow, God is real. He met me where I was. Yeah. And that was it, brother. So then how did you get from, first of all, that's, that's crazy. And I, and I can't even like imagine the, the fear you must've felt as somebody standing over you with a gun. I mean, I just, yeah. Like, I, you know, that to me, I've always said, like, getting shot is one of my biggest fears. Like, just like the, the idea that, and I, I can't even imagine, bro. Like, I, I, I'm trying to, like, even fathom how I would be in that situation. I, I can't mm. even fathom. So, one, glad you're here talking to me today. Wow. Um, you know, <laughs> but, but two, I mean, how did you get from that point to, to where you actually were, were at a point where you could decide, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be saved. Beautiful. So, I wanted, I genuinely, I genuinely wanted to give my life to my creator after that night, especially after he heard my cry. However, here was the problem. After my, the Lord had, had uh, sort of pr protected me from, you know, the, the big elephant of death, you know, I was able to, to, to slowly start you know, recovering. However, you know, I looked at the Bible, I got into the Bible, the best I knew how I was trying to engage the scriptures and hear the words of God. And at the end of the day, you know, when I got fully recovered, as I'm going through this journey by myself, there were no Christians around me. And that was mm -hmm. the problem. There weren't believers speaking into my life. There was no discipleship yeah. or any of that, because I just didn't know the importance of it. I just thought I can open up the word of God and I can just do this on my own type thing. Um, and at the end of the day, I backslid. I was like, you know, that prodigal uh, child. I went off to the foreign land again and I got around athletes and different people. You know, I ended up signing a Division One scholarship and things like that and going back to, you know, just the mud again and, you know, having sex out of marriage. You know, I was addicted to pornography. I was uh, running and, and gunning with guys who was drug dealers just to, you know, because the student loan wasn't good enough. The scholarship money wasn't good enough. So I had so many other things where 
you know, I was running away from God. And uh, here's the beautiful thing, though. This is what hooked it back. Like, I, I commissioned into the Army as an Army officer after I found out I had got a girl pregnant uh, that was my friend. We were sleeping around. And um, it was out of wetlock, of course. And I came to this point where I was like, I have to get real about life. But I thought maybe if I pile on just more work stuff, to do like if I commission in the army, I can make my real earthly dad proud. So let me do that while I can take care of my kids. I just want to prove people that I can do this. So I went off into army medical school and I was doing really well in army medical school. I was advancing in that lane as an officer. And then this is where it was like, okay, uh, this isn't enough again. Here goes this and discontentment and comparison drove me to go to Los yeah. Angeles because I see my cousin out there and he was doing amazing things out there. Yeah. You know, he was in Zac Efron's movie, The Lucky One. He was like the only black guy in that movie. <laughs> and then I look over at uh, American Reunion, Apple Pie. He was in that movie, you know, <laughs> and I was like, my cousin is doing it. I want to be out there with him. Why am I coming, you know, reporting to a, a drill hall every single morning, going out five in the morning running working my life away and going to sleep at 11 at night serving the government when I can be out there building my own little kingdom my own little castle yeah. so I was like okay so I went out to Los Angeles and this is where it got really real God began to open up my eyes to just one there's a huge new age movement out there and I dabbled in a little bit of what it would look like to you know um you know, be one with the universe. I started playing with all that stuff and like the secret and, you know, things like that. And I began to get around, you know, talents and actors and people who are in the limelight and uh, sort of, I, I started again, you know, getting successful in these things. I, my platforms were exploding, um, you know, and I had a house in the valley. I had money uh, and all this different stuff. I was a hype man for a guy named Soldier Boy. Life was quote unquote good, but Needless to like say, a guy named Soldier Boy. If we all know Soldier yeah. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Soldier Boy actually Soldier Boy came to Western Kentucky when I was in college and did a concert Are you here. Serious? <laughs> that dude was everywhere. Yeah, yeah he's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but we had the same talent age uh, agency and they have stuck me in this house, bro, like a beautiful home out in the valley. But in this home, they would have talents coming in and out and uh, different artists coming in and out from all over the world. Uh, but here's what happened. You know, the girl that like I sort of was in love with at this point was in law school at USC. However, on the, the other side of that, I was, um, you know, because I didn't have the Lord. I didn't have no real moral compass. I didn't yeah. have the Holy Spirit. Uh, so what I would do um, I would have to satisfy those, you know, deeper longings. She was, she was only 80%. I needed that other 20%, which would happen to be, you know, going to porn uh, and connecting with girls in the porn industry. Like, I mean, I was doing whatever would fill and fuel my flesh. So here's what happens, bro. So I hit this, this wrecking point. My boys and friends began to walk out on me. Everything began to got stripped and pruned. It began to take things away. And at this point, I'm like, why am I here? It's like what the prodigal son, where you would say, where it says in the scripture, I believe Luke 15, where there was a famine, a great famine in the land. And I had a famine in, in, in my own life where he was taking everything. But as I'm sitting in the house, uh, I'm again ready to commit suicide. I'm about to put the pistol in my mouth uh, to take my life. And 
as I'm, you know, holding this pistol in my mouth in this dark room, scared as ever, because I had these two things in mind. Number one, if I shoot myself, I'm going to have to go through the pain that I once went through if I don't die. But number two is, again, I'm not right with God. So if I cross over, you know, I'm going to have to stand before this holy God. But fast forward, there was, this is the beautiful moment. There was a cell phone that lit up. And then it was my cell phone, of course. It was on the bed. It was in the nick of time before I was about to grip that trigger. But I grab it. I swipe right. And there was this only Christian girl I had knew because my brother was playing football at Baylor University, a Christian school. She was the only girl I had connected with previously that year at one of his games. And she wrote something that hit me head on like a semi-truck. But it said this. It said, oh, how wide, how deep, how vast the love of God is. And nothing in all creation can separate us from the love that's found in Christ Jesus. And then as I was reading and reading, I began weeping and weeping. And it was like I, my eyes had been open again, sort of like Paul on the road to Damascus, you know, when Jesus came before him and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute yeah. me? It was one of those points where it was unexpected fork in the road that changed everything and broke. And then at that point, um, I cried out again and he heard, he heard me. I was convicted of my sins. I, rep- I repented that night, turned away from him, gave my life uh, to Christ the best I knew how, but there was yeah. much more that happened that night. It didn't just think of from sunshine to rainbows, the roses right. and this overnight. I was wrestling like Jacob, but yeah, it was, it was a good, powerful night uh, where God met me in my mess and loved me through it. Man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're, you know, the, the Lord intervened when he did, because, you know, you're here to tell this story. You know, there's oh. going to be a lot of people that I think are going to need to hear this story. They're going to need to write, need to read your book. And, wow. you know, like when I, when I hear stories like that with people, it's like, you know, one, I was almost shot and killed later. I almost killed yeah. myself. It's like, can't gloss over that. Like, it's a, yeah. like, it's a miracle you're here, man. Like, you know, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad that you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you didn't make those decisions, uh, that decision to pull the trigger. And um, it's just, you know, I, I, I don't want to gloss over that. Cause like, I do believe yeah. like whenever God intervenes like that, it is a miracle. And so, so true, brother. Praise you know, God, man. I'm so undeserving. I'm a, yeah, I'm a wretch apart from <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like I just, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to envision. Cause like, I've never, you know, like, I, we've all gone through suffering and you yeah. know, hard, hard times times but like you know and not not that we ever need to compare our suffering to other people but it's like i just i, I haven't been in those positions so it's hard for yeah. me to experience or like to, to imagine what those emotions are like and so you know i'm excited about your book because i assume it's got some of these stories in it and it's you yeah. know pe- people like you where you're at who you are writing for so the book is called start where you are and yeah. i'm assuming that your your life and experiences are what what came you know what gave you this idea but i guess walk me through how you knew this was the book that you needed to write right now dude because bro like honestly uh, a guy like me, I'm, I'm sort of trying to see Rashawn because I know th- those who are listening has a story and they have experiences and things um, and they may relate to this as well, but no one came up to me and ever shared, quote unquote, the gospel to yeah. me ever. I was walking this planet for about 26 years before I had that cataclysmic encounter, but no one ever came up to me and shared the gospel, the simple gospel. And me, myself, I would have never, unless I were to have that moment of conflict and pain, I would have never, you know, opened up that Bible. Yeah. So I wrote this book as a resource uh, to really, one, have compassion on the reader, but to truly 
give them a sort of sort of gospel crush course, like our crash course to, um, you know, salvation. Like every single, this whole book points to Jesus. Although it's my story, it's also the story of the people who will listen and read it. Uh, but ultimately it's God's story. And mm-hmm. I think that's where the big, like, uh, sort of, open doors for anybody like i just want those who are listening to know they're not too far to be reached not too broken to be fixed not too dirty to be cleansed and not too unlovable to be loved you know yeah and i needed to hear that years ago when i was looking for love and acceptance in everything else in all the wrong places oh, i yeah. didn't know the truth and so i, I couldn't be free <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so well and i think it's so it's such a good message right now because you know 2020 it's, it's coming out in 2020 and it's been such a hard year for people that yeah. you know a lot a lot of you know our, our psyche and just the way that we normally operate is so thrown off and yeah so um, true, bro. you know like a lot of people have lost their jobs a lot of people like a lot of bad things have happened to their life in 2020 and you know maybe people that work that were uh christians before this year maybe are using the experiences of this year to to walk away from the lord and yeah you know and it's like i i feel for people that have gone through really really hard times and, and people that have that are dealing continuing to deal with things and mm. it, it sounds like this book i mean like whether you're you know lost like you were at a, at a time or maybe you're you're starting to drift it's like wherever you're at like god wants you there and i think for me like that is the beauty of grace. And that is why wow, as Christians, on, like as it's Christians, good, we like, we cling to that grace because, yeah. you know, you, like, like think about, listen to all Ooh. those experiences that you're, that you're telling me you went through. Like you were having sex out of wedlock. You got a girl pregnant. You were addicted Dude. to porn, all those things. How many people do you think live that same life? And they think I'm not good enough to come before the Lord. The, the Lord doesn't mm. want me. And it's like, you know what? Like you could be the absolute worst person on the earth. Like think about all, like a lot of the disciples had crap going on in their lives. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like I'm listening to, to Derwin, Derwin Gray's book, The Good Life right now. And he's talking about that same thing where it's like, some of these dudes were messed up, you know, yeah. like they're not perfect. Like think That's about like, true. Like, like, like David having sex with Bathsheba, yep. uh, Peter denying Jesus, all these things. It's like, we're not we're not perfect we're not, and, yeah and like we're all messed up you know whatever it is like we've all got issues we've all got things that have been going on and and like we're not unworthy of god's grace like god has already forgiven us for that yeah. and so i think like for anybody who is listening i hope to god they pick up your book and hear this message because that's wow. such a it's such a needed message right now you know i mean like beautiful bro like who who are you I, I kind of, this is, I guess, kind of assumed, but who, who were you thinking of whenever you came up with this book? Was it your younger self or was it like other people that might be living the same life that you were living? You know what? Initially at first, it went back to a book. I wasn't writing it for quote unquote anybody else. I was just adhere, being obedient to the spirit, but also sharing what I truly just wanted to speak about. And then out of that, it sort of, he took my eyes off myself and then he, he, yeah, it was a beautiful way where God really helped me to see uh, his overall eyes for people through, you know, my own experiences. I don't know. It was, it was just amazing how God began to help me to see life through his eyes, but also people through his eyes and be able to put it on paper uh, as I, you know, keep it is rooted in the word of God, but it's really a lot of experiences of people I've walked with in life, but also people who are out there now uh, that my own story relates to, you know, 
Uh, and I think it's just so important that we understand, just like you say, said, it's a, it's God who died for the version of us that we pretend to be, but who we actually are. Yeah. He didn't come for the healthy, but those who are sick and need a doctor. Uh, and, you know, whether you're a loser, winner, saint or sinner in your own eyes, we're all broken and we all need a savior. So we can't put ourselves trust in ourselves. And this is a guide to that. Yeah. Like, and it, it, um, it reveals God's story for us. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey guys, just interrupting this conversation with Rashawn real quick to invite you guys to sign up for my weekly newsletter that I send out every single Monday. I am enjoying this community of people that I've gotten to connect with each week and I want you to be a part of it. So you can head over to my show notes and you will find a link that directs you to the spot to subscribe for my weekly newsletter and I would love for you to be a part of that community as well. Basically, I will send you some encouraging uplifting words every single monday and i do some giveaways as well so if you like free stuff i think you'll enjoy it we're going to take a quick break so go ahead and sign up during this break and we'll be back with Rashawn after these messages so who have been some of your biggest uh mentors since you have started you know i guess since that night you talked about where you were like you know about to kill yourself and your life kind of started to shift back toward i want to focus on my relationship yeah. with god who have been some of the people that that you've relied on for for encouragement and, and mentorship in that process love it bro so i've had several uh people who really stepped in and been quote-unquote like a spiritual father at one point or you know someone i could really look up to from a teaching standpoint so greg laurie has been huge uh in my walk as far as just you know his heart for people the simple gospel one know knowing god uh being known by him and making them known that's what i've been learning more uh through his life and how he's doing that i love that and then you know i've always had disciple people discipling me right here in person in the flesh like so my community group has been yeah. amazing but even outside that uh francis chan his reverence for the lord has been man on another level for me and uh just learning you know not to put god in a box like this is way outside yeah. of what we could ever imagine this god that we serve uh and then i would say uh, just a couple more uh uh, another person who's really helped me is John Piper. I think yep. I've been, I had Barnabas, I had, a, I had his son Barnabas on my show. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. He's awesome as well. I love yeah. his work and, you know, I watch him on Facebook and things like yeah. that. I need to get some of his books as well, but it's one, uh, the one, uh, it's called Help My Unbelief. It's one of my favorite books oh, that I've read. Really? This year. Yeah. I'll, I'll order it today then. Yeah. yeah. Amazon. <laughs> Sweet. Um, yeah. So yeah, John Piper has been really, as far as one, he, he's so eloquent yeah. with his speaking, but it's profound and simple nuggets that I can't get away from uh, just the simple gospel and what it looks like. Yeah. To live it out. Uh, I, and also lastly, I would say uh, that someone who's helped me from a standpoint of bringing, really looking at the law of God and as a mirror is Ray Comfort. I mean, going out into the city, I'm an evangelist at heart, so I yeah. love going out sharing the gospel. Uh, but I love Ray Comfort from the standpoint of his boldness to in love uh, enough for people to save them sort of from the the, the flame. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. just like it talks about Jude, like, you know, yeah, yeah, that's what we need to go and share the gospel's urgency in it. So, 
Yeah. So, so how excited are you for to to put this book out in the world? I know I have a lot of authors on this show. Um, You know, I'm working on what I hope will be my first book. So I'm always, I'm always like, I'm hearing, I love hearing from authors. Like, what is that process like where you're, it's almost like I I was talking to Jason Romano last night. He just had a book come out and he was like, you know, saying like, it was almost like Christmas Eve the night before where the book was coming out. So, um, you know, what's like for you to, to, to get excited to share this book? I know this isn't your first book, but, um, Oh man, my other books were just toys. <laughs> yeah. I was just playing around. I <laughs> hoped it never got out. <laughs> like that's what I was hoping. None yeah. of those. But, uh, but uh, yeah, for start where you are, it's like I guess so I would call it my life message. Uh, but there is a vulnerable side of putting your story out there. That's oh, the yeah. only thing I'm nervous about because I I go into depths on my brokenness, but how how God sort of comes in and, and he made it beautiful. He redeems and rewrites our story. So like I make it all evident. So I'm thankful just to get my eyes off myself again. I'm th- thankful for the opportunity to be able to, if it impacts one or a thousand people, however many people, I'm thankful that God will use such a, a broken man like yeah. me to do it through the power of his spirit. So I'm just, it's exciting, but it's like, wow, it took years <laughs> to do this. It took yeah. a year and a half for me to write this book. And yeah. Woo, it's exciting though. Yeah. So I guess it would be like Christmas yeah. when you don't expect, you don't know what to expect though. Yeah. You know, what gift. So you've <laughs> got a podcast. You're going to get one. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's exactly. Yeah. So you've got a podcast. Uh, it's called scriptures and stories. Talk to me about uh, how you got that idea and, and how much fun it is for you to have that podcast as well. Awesome. Yeah. Great, bro. That's a great question. And uh, you know, I started that uh, podcast because I knew I'm not the most knowledgeable, educated guy. Uh, I, I don't know a lot of scripture in and out. Like I just, I'm not a teacher. Like yeah. I don't have that gift. But one thing I do know is that one, I know the power of a story. Yeah. And when I began to read book of revelation uh, where it says, you know, a lot of people love to recite, you know, we overcome by the blood of the lamb in the word of our testimony. Uh, however, like, as I began to understand the importance of like, really knowing that any story matters, like, like every and any story, no matter how crazy, you know, God met you and how big of a, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I just think every story matters. And I yeah. really want to just encourage people to come on there and share their testimony. So we have people from all walks of life. We got thunder cheerleaders all the way to dudes who are charged with murder, getting ready to face a life sentence that come on and they share their story and how they met God and how God met them where they were and loved them through where they are and let them out of it. And it, it goes right back to the message of the book, really just like your story isn't too jacked up for God. Matter of fact, he's the author of your story yeah so that that's the message i'm getting now start where start where you are share your story for his glory you know and yeah we've been having hundreds of stories on there so far so i love that my my background is in journalism i have a journalism degree and that's what i went to college for so storytelling is what i love to do and so i got i I switched i'm 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 an english teacher now so obviously i love teaching stories and, and reading and that kind of thing. But Ooh. that's like this podcast. That's kind of what I love to do is just have people on, have them share their stories as well. So yeah. like, I love that idea because yeah, everybody's got a story. And I think everybody deep down 
wants to be able to share their story. They want somebody to feel like they're interested in their story. So I love that. Yeah. What's been maybe the most, uh, some of the, I guess a few of the most memorable slash rewarding things that you can think of whenever you think about like, man, like when you think about the interviews you've had with on your podcast, like what are some moments that really stand out? Maybe something that somebody said, or just like a moment where you really felt God's presence, you know, what, what, what comes to mind? Wow. I love that. So I would say there's been several that have really stuck out, but one guy that sticks out specifically, he was probably one of the first guys that came on our show. uh, And he shared his testimony of being an, you know, he, he felt like he grew up as a homosexual, like, and like, and that was like his identity. He was like, God made me this way. And he spent years and years, you know, wrestling, uh, with that sort of in that bondage. And I just love the fact when he gave his life to Christ, he would call me like I would, cause I gave him my number on Twitter and he would call me all the time. Like, dude, I want to share my story on your podcast. And I'm just so scared. I'll be judged. There hasn't been any other guys or girls that come up and talk about how they were a lesbian or this or that. And I began to like try to minister to him, but by the end of the call, we won't get nowhere. And then, we did it a couple more times. I continue to say persistent in prayer. He was praying like, God, free me from, you know, this fear of men and things like that and tried to minister to him. But after like three or four different calls, we finally got, you know, to this place. He was confident to get on there and share a story. And then he gets on there. He shares his testimony. He shared it with boldness. He shared it vulnerably. And Needless to say, we started immediately getting people responding, writing, and sharing how they're in that same predicament. He was just open about the whole journey, man. Yeah. And they were in that same predicament where they were just nervous about their call. They they felt shameful about what they've done, and they didn't want to vocalize it. But needless to say, several people came to Christ through that podcast episode, but also, you know... Um, other folks began to step up and share about, you know, that past sex, uh, yeah, that past sex, sexual sin and things like that. But it was a beautiful thing to watch the community build out of this yeah. one guy finally stepping up and God really got the glory in it, you know? So I just thought it was, it was a powerful thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. love, I love, yeah, I've had, you know, a lot of, a lot of the authors that I've had on here have their own podcasts as well. And and they've got, you know, just, I think anytime that we get to interview a lot of people, it's like, there's always those moments where it's like, man, that was really special. That was awesome. Yes. Like really glad that I can share that with people. So I love that. Um, you and I are both big sports fans. I think, you know, I think you, you played yeah, sports growing on. up. So uh, I wanted to ask you too. I mean, just, just, as a sports fan, what's 2020 been like where we haven't really had very many sports. I mean, I'm a baseball fan. Thankfully baseball came back. The NBA yeah. is, I guess, back with this bubble situation. Yeah. But, but what's this year been like for you with the, you know, maybe the, you know, life slowing it's, down and you haven't been able to watch sports and that kind of thing. Man, it's been interesting. Um, I, again, I love sports just like you, bro, but it's been a time where, you know, the Lord, again, uh, I believe he's stripping away some of those things to get us closer to him. And yeah. I know one thing for sure is that uh, it's a bummer, you know, <laughs> I love, I love watching sports. I love playing sport, this and that. 
but I like what Russell Wilson, like how he approached it. You know, he's a follower of Christ, but he's been spending a lot of time getting more active, engaged with his faith and his family. And, you know, Jason Romano, like I talked to him a little bit about this and uh, like, it's a good time just to get really rooted again, get yeah. uh, planted again. And uh, I'm hopeful that sports are going to turn around, but I am Wondering, you know, is this a quote unquote big hoax thing that COVID night? I know, but either way, God is sovereign. But or is this going to just pop out and we're going to have sports again this year? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm pumped to see what happens though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, my the name of my podcast is in no hurry, and when I created this, it was the idea that like we live super busy, crazy lives that we often have a hard time slowing down. And so when this all happened, it was like, man, this kind of plays into like this whole idea of like we need to slow down and like recenter and refocus our, our lives and refocus our, our relationship with God and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And so um, I, I always ask my guests this question at the end of the show uh, and it's kind of changed since quarantine started and all that kind of stuff. But you know, when your life is crazy and it's busy and you, and you can't really seem to get a grip on, on things, what, what is your, your go-to uh, in order to, to slow down? Or maybe since things have slowed down, what have you found has kind of been like, one of the joys that you, that you, that you look forward to. Love it. Uh, great question. So with slowing down, you know, more and more, my, either the Holy spirit or my wife would try to, you know, talk to me on it. And sometimes I'll just turn left and I'll just keep going. But of course it's tough because there's this balance between like, you want to be I like, I'm a, a guy who is a workaholic. It feels like and I've been talking, texting John Mark Comer, uh, just like, you know, talking to him about like, what is some practical things that I can do to just slow down because Sabbath is so important, you know, getting away uh, and, you know, having that day of rest is so important. And people have been telling me nonstop, but here's the beautiful thing. I'm so glad out of all my disobedience, God gave me, like we talked about this herniated disc. (laughs) Like I literally have a herniated disc right now. Like sometimes I feel like, uh, when we disobey God, he'll discipline us. He disciplines those he loves. And I'm so glad he loves me enough. to. That was the message like, at our church on Sunday. <laughs> really? Love yeah. it. See, yeah, straight Holy Spirit. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but but seriously, I just think it's something so beautiful that now now I, I'm like, God, I'm learning. I'm learning and I, and I know and I'm going to obey. I'm going to change. Uh, but yeah, I think it really does take some time. You going through where a point where God's gonna slow you down because of your own foolishness or not, you know? Because I was working myself to death, you know. Yeah, it's so important, guys. So I just say, yeah, rest, rest, absolutely. rest. Because, so, yeah. uh, what what day? And the book comes out in September. What day does it come out? And, and where can people go to purchase the book? Um, Awesome, bro. So September 1st uh, is the release date. And then uh, anyone can purchase on any platform where they sell books, uh, Walmart, Amazon, anywhere. And then, uh, or you can go to startwhereyouarebook.com. And yeah, and that'd be awesome. Or connect with me on social, Rashawn Copeland, and I'd love to connect with you. All right. Well, Rashawn, thanks so much for joining the show. This was awesome. I cannot wait to read this book. I'm going to go pre-order it right after we get off this call here. So uh, wow, yeah, awesome, so I, I'm excited. So I'm excited to get that, excited to read that. And I'm, I'm just excited to hear, you know, 
catch up with you later to hear how people have reached out to you about how this book has impacted them. Cause I know that it's going to, I know that there's going to be people that maybe were in the same situation that you were in yeah. back in high school or even in college. And, um, that, that age range, you know, that are going to, you know, this book is going to speak to them. Yeah. That kind awesome. of thing. So, so yeah, sweet bro. And I really, really appreciate you, bro, for all you're doing. I got to get you on my show Absolutely. ASAP. I want to hear about your book that's coming. So we'll have to set that up ASAP, bro. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Isn't his story just an incredibly powerful one? I mean, I'm just so thankful to have him share that on my show. And I know that there are people that are going to hear this today, tomorrow, down the road, who are going to be impacted by Rashawn's story. And I'm super grateful for that. Definitely recommend that you go and pick up a copy of his book. I will have a link in the show notes for you guys to purchase that book as well. I'm excited to see the reception of this book because I, I think this is one of those books that it's going to be evergreen and no matter what is going on in the, in the world on planet earth in america whatever this book i think is going to be super relevant i'm not trying to oversell it i just think that this is definitely something that so many of us can relate to because i mean i know at times i have felt unworthy of god's love and i guarantee you there are plenty of people out there who are scared to come to church they are scared to confront god because they don't feel like they are clean enough or worthy enough to come to God. And if that's you, I hope Rashawn's story spoke to you. And I hope that you feel like no matter where you are today, tomorrow, whenever, God's ready for you. And if you need help in that process, reach out to me, reach out to Rashawn, reach out to a pastor that you trust. Believe me, God is not looking for you to be perfect whenever you come to him. In fact, God does his best work when we are nothing. And that is something that my pastor, Greg Farrell, has preached time and time again. So if you're in this position, if you're in this place in life, start today. Start where you are. Thank you guys for joining this week. Hope you guys have a great week. Hope you guys find some time to relax and not be in a hurry. And we'll see you next week.